Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. Thank you, Josh and worship team. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. So I started a sermon series uh, a couple weeks ago called Be Harmony. How do we be in harmony as, our, uh, as a family? We're looking at the four things that we know cause a lot of family disharmony. So we've looked at money and we've looked at time management and uh, those big issues. We miss those sermons. Go back and pick those up on the app. You'll be able to watch them there. And so today I want to talk about the third issue and I'll just call it crazy talk out of Proverbs chapter 18. Here's what we know that how we talk to one another affects the harmony or disharmony of our family. This Mother's Day, one of the greatest gifts you could give uh, your, your, the mother in your home is for the family to learn to talk to one another in a very respectful, loving way. We know this. We know that how we talk to one another affects our home. As a matter of fact, experts tell us this, that the secret to staving off divorce lies in how uh, effectively you and your spouse communicate. So how you communicate in your marriage determines uh, whether or not you can stave off divorce. As a matter of fact, research tells us this. When they, uh, 100 mental health professionals found that communication problems was cited as the most common factor that leads to divorce, 65%, followed by a couple's inability to resolve conflict, which, which also is a communication issue. Both those are communication issues. So we, we find out that how we communicate in our home, how we talk to one another in our home makes a big difference. That same survey also found out that men and women have different communication complaints. For example, 70% of the experts surveyed said that men cite nagging and complaining as the top communication problem in their marriage. Now, men didn't say that. Experts say that. We just want you to know that this morning. It wasn't us. It was experts that said it. That we would say, or the experts would say, men would say that nagging and complaining is the top communication problem in their marriage. That nagging and complaining is not helping your family out at all, but the women get a turn as well because the same survey said women's top complaint was that their spouse doesn't validate their opinions or feelings. That ladies, we're not good at recognizing and validating your feelings. And can we just be honest? We know we're not good at it. Like we understand, in our defense, we would say, you have a whole lot of feelings that we're not used to, used to in our own lives. Like, we get it. Like, there are communication issues. Not the first time we've heard stuff like this. John Gottman, 
who's a professor emeritus at the University of Washington, who's done a lot of research in the couple behavior really for 40 years. He says that there are four types of communication issues in uh, a marriage, for example. He said these four things are what cause a lot of divorce. And by the way, it's not just divorce. We're not just talking about marriage. We're talking about family in general, but let's at least apply it to that today, that criticism of a partner's personality causes issues in a marriage and in a home, that we were far too critical of one another, and it causes those issues. But not only that, contempt inside a marriage also causes issues. That's contempt is when you treat someone as worthless. Number three, he said, defensiveness, which means we, we, we're not ha- we don't have the ability to have a hard conversation. We don't have the ability to carry on an important conversation. We just are always defensive when those kind of things get brought up. And then finally, number four, what he calls stonewalling, or that's the refusal to communicate at all. And we see all of this in our marriage and our families, right? We have all of these issues that communication is a problem in marriage in the home in general. And we can sum it up by saying this, there are at least two major issues in our home when it comes to communication. Here's what they are. First of all, there is no communication, right? It's where the family just doesn't talk at all, or certain family members do not talk at all. It's often reported that one cause of family problems is that the husband or the wife simply does not talk. The husband or the wife simply does not talk. And can we, can we just be honest about which one that is? Can we just be honest? It, it, it's, it's previously been claimed that women speak about 20,000 words a day or 13,000 more than the average man. I saw this cartoon, you can't see it. It says, he's reading the headlines, and he says, females speak 13,000 more words a day. And he said, good grief, is that all? Like, it feels like a lot more. feels like a lot more than that. That women are speaking 13,000 more words a day. But ladies, I want to help us out a little bit this morning because scientists believe they found the key to explaining why women are more talkative. That a study recently published suggests that a higher levels of a certain protein are found in the female brain. This is not a joke. That there's a protein called the FOXP2 protein, and it's known as the language protein. And it's found more in humans, in women, but get this, in rats, it's found more in men. Or not men, but in male rats. <laughs> Do with that what, what you will. But um, the, the researcher set out to determine what might make male rats more vocal than female rats. And they took four-day-old pups uh, from their mothers and counted the number of times they cried out. And both the male and the female pups 
emitted hundreds of cries taken away from their mother, but the males, rats now, called out twice as often. And so when they did the test on the brain of the male pups, they found out they had twice as much of the Fox P2 protein in their brain than the female rats had in their brain. And so then researchers did this. I I don't really want to know how they do this or how this works, but they ramped up the production in the brains of the female rats and reduced it in the males, and that led to the female rats having more Fox P2 protein in their brain. And when they did that, the female rats then talked more than the male rats. Now, enough about rats. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Girls have 30% more of the Fox P2 protein than boys do, and that's the key to us learning languages. Researcher, uh, I'll read this to you, researcher uh, Margaret McCarthy said, based on our observations, we postulate higher levels of Fox P2 in girls and higher levels of Fox P2 in male rats is an indication that Fox P2 protein levels are associated with the more communicative sex. And so here's, here's what we learned, that studies have shown that the female love of chit-chat begins at a young age. Why? Because they have a protein that more of it than what guys have. And girls learn to speak earlier and more quickly than boys. They produce their first words and sentences earlier, have larger vocabularies, and use a greater variety of sentence types than boys of the same age. Saying all of that, just to say this, it's bred into a female uh, in general to have a tendency to talk more, and guys have a tendency to be quieter, which leads to, I'm going somewhere with this, very poor communication in marriage. Right, in general, paint with a broad brush. You ladies got all that Fox P2 going on in your brain. Men don't have as much of it. And so we don't talk as much, and it leads to poor communication. That's a broad brush. Your, your situation may be reversed, but you get the story. And then you add to that smartphones, tablets, social media are also contributing to the problem as well. In a study in, in computers and human behavior, uh, which is actually... Um, Uh, a a magazine, the authors noted this, and I'm just trying to set the background before we get to the text. Those who didn't use social media sites at all reported being 11.4% happier with their marriage than heavy social media media users, and heavy social media users were 32% more likely to think about leaving their spouse compared to 16% for a non-social media user. So I'm just saying that you you factor in some biological things going on and you've got one spouse that likes to talk more. You factor in social media and, and the proliferation of social media that causes us not to talk as much. And what you have in a family is no communication going on. And by the way, most guys, most guys motto is why would I use a word when a grunt would suffice, right? Like a grunt says it all. So you got no communication. But then number two, you've got bad communication. This is where we talk, but we'd be better off keeping our mouths shut. Right? Like we use our words for the wrong thing. And instead of building up, we're tearing down. Instead of building up, we're hurting. Instead of building up, we're causing pain. And the Bible speaks to all of this. Why? Because communication is important for your marriage, 
for your children and for your family. So I want us to read two verses. Would you stand with me in honor of uh, reading God's word? I just want us to read two pro- verses out of Proverbs 18. Uh, really two of my favorite verses in Proverbs. Proverbs 18 and look beginning at verse 21. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Verse 22. A man who finds a wife finds a good thing. Can you say amen right there, men? And obtains favor from the Lord. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. And a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. I think it's interesting that these two verses are found together, and it's not on accident that they are are found together. The Proverbs writer is applying the power of our words directly to the marriage and family relationships. Let me walk you through the verses. I'm I'm not going to preach long this morning. It's going to be one of my shorter sermons. Let me uh, walk you through the verses and then just make some observations. First of all, he says this, death is in the power of the tongue. You knew that, right? That death can be in the power of the tongue. Death, destruction, that is the power of our words. Again, I said this many times before, but the moron that said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is an idiot. You'll recover far faster in life from a bruise than you will words. And here's what we know. There's enough power in your words to destroy just about anything. There is enough power in your words to ruin your life, to ruin your family, to ruin your marriage. James tells us this in James chapter 3. He said, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets on course of life, on, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. James tells us that the tongue is set on fire by hell. And every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison full of deadly poison. The fact is, your words can be the death of a lot of things, especially things that are in your home. The writer of Proverbs said this, though, life is in the power of the tongue. Now we find the paradox. The same instrument that can cause death can also be used to bring life. It is possible that your words can destroy, but it's also possible that the same breath can be used to breathe life back into your home. He said this, as that verse closed out, those who love it will eat its fruit. Meaning this, that you'll bear the fruits of your lips, good or bad. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's bad for those who love to use their tongue to destroy. You'll reap your reward. But for those who use their words to bring life, it can yield great and good rewards. The quickest way to fix your family is to fix your communication. And if you use your communication, your words, your tongue to bring life, you'll eat its fruit. 
And then he goes on to say this, and I don't, I don't think it's a mistake that these two are together. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. I mean, I, I would echo that. I found, a, I found a good thing when I found my wife, right? But he tells us that in other places. He tells us in Proverbs 12, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame uh, is like rottenness in his bones. Like the Bible, it says that over and over again, that an excellent wife is a good thing. Literally, a good wife equals a good life. But I show you that verse because I think those two verses are tied together. I think he gave us the verse on marriage right after the verse on communication because they go hand in hand. That if you have a wife, bless her with her words. If you are a wife, bless him with your words. And the passage seems to indicate that God adds extra favor for those whose marriage and family is in harmony in what it ought to be. That God You ever heard the expression, the rich get richer? That's what God's saying. So to sum all that up, and let me make some points. Your words can kill. Your words can bless. Your family is affected either way. So what would God want us to know out of that? Let 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 me give you three things quickly, and I'm done. Number one is this. Blessing or bombs, you choose. Blessing or bombs, you choose. Your words have the power to make or break your family. It's your choice. It is no one makes you talk a a certain way, scream, yell, or do verbal violence to someone who's in your family. Your words have the power to heal. They have the power to help. They have the power to encourage. They have the power to build up. They have the power to transform. They have the power to love. They have the power to motivate. They have the power to soothe. They have the power to empower. They have the power to sway. Your words alone can do all of that. But on the other hand, your words have the power to drive somebody away, to discourage someone, to depress someone, to destroy someone. Your words have the power to cause pain, to wound, and to hurt. All of that power is in your tongue. If you're a mom here this morning, hear me. All of that power resides in your tongue. If you're a dad, hear me. All of that resides in your tongue. A husband, a wife, a teenager, a child, all of that power resides in your tongue. And every time you open your mouth, you are making a decision on what you're going to do. And hear me, make a good one. One word can bless your family. Or one word can absolutely drop a bomb on your family. You choose. At the end of World War II, the Allies sent a message to the Japanese demanding surrender. The Japanese responded. This was before the bombs were dropped in World War II. The Japanese responded with this word. Mokusatsu. That's as good as my Japanese is going to get. Which either means ignore or to withhold comment for the time being. The Japanese meant that they wished to withhold comment to discuss it and decide. And they would let the allies know. The translator for the allies translated it as, we are ignoring your demand for surrender. 
And before clarification could be reached, the Allies dropped the atomic bomb on Japan. All based off one word that could either meant give us a minute to talk about it or we could care less what you think. And it was translated the wrong way. One word, one word caused the Allies to drop an atomic bomb on Japan. I read that story a few weeks ago and I thought that's, that's you and that's your home and that's your marriage. One word can really make that big of a difference. Today, you've got to decide whether you're going to breathe life back into your family with your words, by blessing your spouse, by blessing your children, by blessing your parents, by intentionally using your words to be a blessing and not drop a bomb. Your words are directly affecting the harmony and happiness of your home. Husband, wife, mom and dad, kids. I firmly believe that much of the problems of your home could be cleaned up if you just chose your words carefully. What's the most, what's the most, what, what is the, what is most of your communication lot between your family? There's where we solve most of our problems in our family. It's, it's how we talk to one another. And we fall into these patterns of just saying hurtful things and saying mean things and saying derogatory things and we just expect people to get over it. And we attack with our words and we retaliate with our words. And can I give you one bit of advice today? Clean up your talk. Everything you say is a blessing or a bomb. Choose. Choose. Choose wisely. Second thing we learn from this is this. Number two, don't come home empty. The implication of verse 20 is that communication is actually happening in the home. That communication is part of the process. Sometimes it's easy to come home and have it all, all our words used up already so our families only get the leftovers. And here's what I want to encourage you today. Just very briefly, save something for home. Experts have now identified what we call, what they would call this, information fatigue syndrome, IFS. It's the fatigue of being overwhelmed by an incomprehensible and an indigestible amount of information. You say, well, how, how, how much information are we getting on a daily basis? Well, 73% of adults use a social networking of some kind. The average American on social media platform receives about 54,000 words and 443 minutes of video every day come across your phone. There are about 10,000 tweets per second. And get this. A day's tweets are enough to write a 10 million page book or 8,163 copies of War and Peace. That's what's on Twitter every day. 10 million emails were sent in the time it took to read this sentence. In 16 minutes of every waking hour, 
is spent on social media networking sites. And you go through all of that throughout the day. And then we think about having a conversation we, when we get home and our IFS kicks in. And suddenly it feels like work to have to talk. How many times do we communicate with grunts and nods and don't really talk with one another? Just let me give you this one piece of advice. Keep something in the tank. Stay away from tablets and phones and computers as much as you can. Look family members in the eyes when you're having a conversation with them. Use time during the day to communicate with your family through technology by encouraging them and blessing them. Don't come home empty and use all of your words at school and all of your words at work and all of your words out there and not save anything for your family. And the third thing I want to tell you this morning, I'm finished. Number three, you will eat your words. Here's what he said. He said, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, that, that verse is translated different ways in different translations. Let me, let me show you some of these. The New Living Translation says, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Uh, the contemporary English version says, talk too much and you will eat everything you say. The New Century Version says, those who speak with care will be rewarded. Those who speak with care will be rewarded. Close your Bibles and I'm, I'm finished. Some of those translations imply a negative outcome and some a positive outcome. Which one is right? They both are. They both are. You will eat your words. For some, that's a pleasant experience for some it's going to be a bad experience for some your sweet encouraging positive blessing healing words create happy happiness and harmony in the home you'll eat your words but it'll be sweet and some it'll be hurtful destructive belittling negative angry words or destroying your home and those won't be sweet. The question is, what do you want for dinner? Because you will eat your words. That's a photo of Lady Astor, who is an American-born British politician, who's the first woman ever seated as a member of the British Parliament. She served from 1919 to 1945. And one of the things she's most famous for is not what she did uh, in Parliament, but what she's famous for is her and Winston Churchill could not stand each other. And they were always jabbing at one another. For example, Winston Churchill said this about her one time. He said, having a woman in Parliament was like having one intrude on him in the bathroom. <laughs> to which she said, don't worry, you're not handsome enough to have such fears. Lady Astor is also to have said, to responded to a question from Churchill about what disguise he should wear to a masquerade ball. She said, why don't you come sober, Prime Minister? Nobody would recognize you then. And then finally, my favorite Lady Astor Winston Churchill quote. Lady Astor said this, if you were my husband, I'd poison your tea. To which he responded, 
Madam, if you were my wife, I would drink it. <laughs> right words matter. Right words matter. You'll eat. Can I say it this way? You're drinking the poison you're speaking. So stand with me across the room. If I could sum up again, I, I just want to give you some talking points. What change do I need to make now, preacher? Can I give you three things? What change do I need to make now? Let me tell you this. The problem is not a critical word. The problem is a critical spirit. Too many times in our home, it's not the word we say. It's that we're carrying with us a critical spirit. And we're critical of everybody and we're critical of everything. And then we carry it over in our home and we're critical of our husband and our wife. And we're critical of our kids and our parents. And that goes on and on and on. Can I tell you this? What, what we need forgiveness for is a critical spirit. What we need forgiveness for, we need to be filled with the Spirit of God, which is not a critical spirit. Because you, you're not going to be able to get rid of critical words until you change your critical spirit. Some of you are saying, well, preacher, listen, I know all that stuff about talking. I just don't love to talk. Well, can I tell you number two, this? You don't have to love to talk. You just have to love who you're talking with. You're not going to turn into a chatty Cathy overnight. I get that. But if you love the one you're talking with, conversation will come naturally. And number three, don't ever let an opportunity for a blessing go unsaid. Every single day of your life, you have an opportunity to speak life and health and sweetness into your spouse, into your children, even into your parents. There's so many things that we wish we wouldn't have said, but what may be more tragic is what we wish we would have said. Don't let an opportunity for a blessing go unsaid. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Thank you, Pastor Joel, for that incredible message. And boy, we need to watch our mouths, don't we? Um, what we say matters. What we say matters in the workplace. It matters especially in our homes. And, um, and what a great challenge on um, choosing the right words and saying the right things and not causing um, upheaval in our home because we're careless with our tongue. And maybe you're watching this morning and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus and maybe God spoke into your heart and you realize that you're a sinner and you understand the story of Jesus coming to the earth, dying on the cross, paying for our sins, shedding His blood so that when God looks down from heaven, He doesn't see our sin. He sees the blood of His Son. And if God spoke in your heart this morning and you need to confess Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, right where you are, tell God this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. Lord, I'm asking you to come into my heart, take away my sin, be my Savior. Lord, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. I want to say to you, if you just prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. We're excited about the decision that you've just made. We want to connect with you and we want to send you a book in the mail. 
that's going to help you take next steps on your faith journey with Jesus. Hey, it has been awesome to be in God's house. I've enjoyed our time together. God bless you. We'll see you next week. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening.